Yeah, we figured out that, yeah, Spencer Pratt's one of our followers on Instagram, which is like, she sent that to me over Thanksgiving, and my sisters and I were big Hills fans, and also what, what was he on, was he on the Hills? It was just the Hills. And my sister's like freaked out, and I was like, yeah, he follows us on Instagram, I guess we're big time now. (laughs) Yes, come see us, but... Welcome to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. And yay, it's my sister's birthday today. <laughs> Happy birthday, Abby. Although this won't be aired on your birthday, we are thinking of you. <laughs> so if you're even <laughs> if you're even listening. <laughs> Which she might? I don't know. She she does listen, but she always tells me I'm too snarky with Jonathan. So on this episode, in honor of her, I'm gonna try to be. So sweet to you, Jonathan. She's typically one of the first of your siblings who likes. Oh, really? She likes them? Okay, Abby, you just earned yourself a present for your birthday. (laughs) And it's a shout out on our podcast. Wow. All right. But yeah, so we're we're excited. I'm wrapping up my last week of the year here at work. It is. So I guess everyone can stay tuned for more Gem Junkies in 2020. We've got some pretty cool things happening. So I'm excited for the future. Yeah. Which is really weird because I guess I'll take a minute to look back. We're going down a rabbit hole right We're going down a rabbit hole, but, but we'll get... Looking back at this, I was forced into this. Kind of. Well, forced. not forced, but like it was one of those moments where... I was like, absolutely not. And then I thought, you know what? Do something that scares you. And now look. I'm still now scared. You, yeah, so, so, but now you look, <laughs> now you look forward to doing it. I, I do. I do. And I do enjoy it. I, I think I super enjoy the gemstones and kind of getting back to, to learn and, and love the gemstones because in our day-to-day life, we we drift away from that. But I think this year, what I've really enjoyed was the interviews that we've done. Yeah. And and getting to know people and really how we're all the same in essence. We're all treasure hunters. And how much we're passion. all yeah, and how the much passion, passion is what's like, you know, this is an industry that is very full of passion and people definitely do like stay in this industry and come back to this industry because it's just so well loved. And it, it is one of the the last industries where things are done on a handshake. Like I, we send thousands of dollars of merchandise to people with no guarantee except their word. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's still amazing to me. Yeah. So I think it, that's a real good question. Yeah. Out of all of the interviews, which one's your favorite? I don't, I don't know. Like, do you have a favorite? I don't know. There, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of them, and for different reasons. Like the one with Doug Hucker was really fun. It was, it was fascinating. It's, it's just been fascinating to learn the history of people in the industry that have been our friends for years. But we didn't. But we don't talk that deeply. Yeah, and then I've also really enjoyed a lot of this. Some of the, you know, designers and like their passion and how they come at it and the way they look at things. 
is so much different than we do. Yeah. And so their their perspective of the industry is very different yeah. than the people who we spend the most time with, which is like retailers and other, you know, like bigger wholesalers. Like the designer philosophy is, is very different, but I enjoy it from that side of things too. And then we've also done some more kind of like outsiders or fringe people to the industry, which has been fun too. So I don't know that I can pick like one interview that's really stood out to me as the one. I think they're all special because I think at at some point there's a connection made where you feel exactly the way they did about a gemstone or about, so that's why my favorite question is what's your first memory? Because it, it is so fundamental to who they are in the industry today. Like their first memory. I am getting teary-eyed. But anyway, we, we are here to do another interview. Oddly enough. Not oddly. I mean, because kind of what we do. How is that oddly when you just said we've done so many interviews this year? But we... so passionate. But so we have failed to introduce you to Stephanie, who is the producer of Gem Junkies. (laughs) And you hear in the background of every episode. So we figured we might as well get... How do you get to know her a little bit better and where she comes from and what she does for Parlay and so forth. Yeah. So Stephanie has been with us for a year. Officially. officially. Um, But she didn't start the podcast with us. We kind of threw her into the fire when it first started going. And she learned from Savannah, who was actually the one that gave us the idea to start the podcast. I don't know how to edit a podcast. So without Stephanie... The podcast would not have continued, and so we can we can thank her for the I don't know. No, we threw her into the fire, and she learned quick. So, but I guess let's let's start it out kind of how we start out most of our interviews. What's your favorite? Or not your favorite? I guess maybe it could be your favorite. favorite, First favorite memory memory of of jewelry. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, of course you would. Sad in all of them. Uh, I actually thought about this last night because my mom's always worn a lot of jewelry, but I don't think I ever really paid attention to jewelry until um, my dad was wearing, I think, like a tiger stone. Mm-hmm. So it's like, a like a tiger quartz yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was really intrigued because of the striations and the gemstone. And I think that's my first recollection of it. Mm-hmm. But... I don't wear a lot of jewelry. Yeah. No, she doesn't. Like, she comes to to work with no jewelry on, which is totally fine. We, li- we live in... They're like, you don't wear jewelry. I'm like, you know, I can appreciate it. Though. Yeah. Which I think... You I do know. appreciate it at trade shows, too. I yeah. <laughs> I it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it more special, right? It yeah. does. I, I understand the value and... Just kind of my background in design, I appreciate the detail and the production aspect of what's involved to make, I mean, even just ring. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, what's your life story? You were born in the year... No, you don't have to tell us the year. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would be... uh, so I was a military brat. Mm-hmm. I was born in Japan. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Wow. So my sister and I were both born in Japan. We traveled a lot. And then uh, we finally made base in Portland, Oregon. So that was like 
the year that I think it was like the year of the flood in Portland. And for the last six years prior to that, I was living in California. So going from like sunny, like California to like all of a sudden it's flooding. Mm -hmm. It's like, where did you take us? Yeah. (laughs) And at that point in Portland, we were living in a small suburban town outside of Portland called Beaverton. Not sure if anybody knows. Yeah. It wasn't very diverse. Mm Mm-hmm. Compared to like what I was used to. So it was, it took a lot of adjustment, but I ended up going to college in Portland State. Mm -hmm. Uh, I studied architecture and while I was going to school, um, I think I've always have found my way in some type of luxury Mm -hmm. retail. So um, I was actually recruited to work as an Oakley rep through like a specialty store in Portland. Yeah, I do like my Oakleys. Yeah. Nice sunglasses. Yeah. They don't hurt my eyes when I drive. It's (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should post this out to Oakley and I can get a free pair or something. (laughs) Like ten listeners. (laughs) No. Uh, and then after that, I worked for Bose. I worked for Bose for about seven years. So I finished college and then I ended up um, graduating and the market was crap. Yeah. And there weren't a lot of opportunities to expand in architecture. So my choices were to spend a lot more money into grad school or to attempt to be a designer and neither one of those seemed to be the right path for me. And I just I just wanted to move forward. Mm-hmm. So an opportunity arose at Bose. And um, I uh, handled um, Oregon, Eastern Washington, Idaho, Montana. So I had a pretty vast territory of store calls. Mm-hmm. And I managed any third-party uh, reseller of... Bose products. I did that for two years. And then 10 years ago, which was like a big year, I got married. Two weeks after that, I was pregnant with DK. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> That's a life change. Yeah, we're we're yeah. doing like a real downturn. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I was traveling a lot and I just, you know, I just knew I wanted to be the best mom I could possibly be. And uh, I took a step down from that. I kind of reassessed what I wanted to pursue. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do something design-based. And it was actually based on my mother-in-law's suggestion to go into floral. Yeah. Because I had done all the floral for my wedding. Mm -hmm. Pure... OCD, having to control things. Yeah. (laughs) I can can relate. I can relate, yeah. I had a difficult time letting it go. So, um, yeah, like, I said I'd, like, take $500, invest it into a business, and I did that for about six years. Mm Mm-hmm. And that business evolved from floral into event design. Um, I found that I was integrating a lot more of my architectural background and 
um, I kind of found my own niche mm-hmm. um, where essentially people came to me and said, I want this to be my wedding. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I would just make it for them. Yeah. It was hard because like at that time in Portland, you're either a florist or you're an event coordinator. Mm-hmm. And um, which it probably stepped on a lot of people's toes. Yeah. Because they're like, you can't do both. Yeah. I was like, watch me, I do both. Yeah. Um, so I did. Um, I kind of had to like pave my own path and I found my own niche and I kind of found my way again in luxury wedding event design. I think it's funny that you said you wanted to be more of uh, the best mom you could be and you... You know, wanted to travel less, which I get to travel less, but then you started your own business. Yes. Excuse me, working mothers are still the bomb. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that you want to spend more time with kids. I'm going to start my own business. I mean, mean, at that time, Jason and I were living in this small, like, three-bedroom townhome. So, like, I was doing everything from my garage and at that time there weren't very many studio-based floral designers. I mean on top of trying to expand into event design and then trying to expand into just a floral studio was a really difficult time because people just didn't think that that was the norm. Mm -hmm. Or that you had to go into a flower shop or you had to go into a store to have kind of a luxury experience. Mm -hmm. And Grant, I had the marketing background and the design background, so I just pushed really hard. And I think a year after my business, I put like my first really, really big client. They hired me three weeks before their wedding. Uh, They were breaching their contract Mm -hmm. with another... Oh, designer. Damn, shit's going down. Yeah. (laughs) And they came to me and they're like, "Uh, we need you to do a site walkthrough tomorrow. Our wedding's in three weeks and our theme is Alice in Wonderland on acid. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) Okay. There we go. And it was my first, like, same-sex marriage, mm-hmm. and he, he was just like, so I'm representing the girls. I'm like, okay. And he was like, you have to do it all. And at that point, I was just doing flowers. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And then he was like, I'm told you're the one who's going to just make it all happen. I was like, okay. And the best piece of advice I ever got about having my business is just, you don't say no. Yeah. You tell them how much. Yeah. And you just do it. Yeah. You know, you you got to just fake it till you make it. Well, I think, well, I think you did that here too. <laughs> oh, I mean, you did that here. <laughs> no, but I think one of the things that I admire most about you and that I'm so pleased that you work with us is you're just, you never say no. It's just, I'm going to, I say, can you figure this out? And you're like, yeah, okay. 
And then you're on the phone trying to figure it out. Right. Or, it, you know, oh, we've got to figure out this new background or backdrop for this trade show. And I, I don't have time to do it. And you're like, okay. And then you're on the phone five minutes later talking to them, trying to figure it out. So I think that's a trait that we're very lucky to have of yeah. yours. Yeah, just that you... nervous for things that are outside the box. And yeah. You seem to oh, trust me, I'm nervous inside all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, as millennials, we, we all have a low level of anxiety coursing yeah. through us every day. Hello, I cried during my interview. Yeah, well, that happened. I'm getting teary-eyed right now, too. I remember, yeah, when we interviewed Stephanie, so so let's take this back to Pocatello. Yeah. You you had your business in Portland. Oh. Where'd you, yeah, what happened okay. there? So how did I get here? Yeah. So. Chase. Yeah, Chase. Chase her husband. Here. So 2015, my husband was working on a really large uh, expansion out here. And at that point in our lives, uh, Deacon had just been diagnosed with his sensory processing disorder. And I wanted to just step down and just be mom. Mm -hmm. And we were in a good position where I was able to take that opportunity and just focus on him, take him to speech therapy and occupational therapy and kind of like a first time in our relationship, actually like be a spouse to my husband. Uh Um, So that was all new too. So 2015, we moved out here. We were here for two years and we loved it. And then the project ended and it was like, you have to go back home. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to go back home. But we still had our house in Vancouver, and so um, our plan was to go back home for a year, finish remodeling our house, sell it, and move back. So we've been back in Pocatello since August of last year, and during that time, I was homeschooling my son, and he, when we moved back here, he goes, I'm done with homeschool. I was like, what? Like, nice. You know, this huge relief Mm -hmm. is homeschooling your child is... Difficult. It's difficult. It it changes the dynamics of what your parental and teaching relationship is. Yeah. I don't even know how I would go about doing that. They would have no respect for me as a teacher. (laughs) Like, you just don't ever feel like you leave your child. Yeah. And... Um, when I was in Vancouver, it was Deacon and I, cause Chase was on the road again, traveling for work. So, you know, I mean, literally I was with Deacon 24 seven Yeah. and that plays a lot of mind games. <laughs> yes. So then when we moved here and he told me he didn't want to be homeschooled anymore, I was like, Whew. but it was also a little heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Being the person You're that I am, home. I had you know, figured out our entire itinerary. I was going to figure out our breaks and when we were going to go on the road. And then he just dropped that bomb on me. Yeah. But also good for him. I mean, right? It was progression. Yeah. He was a big reason why we moved to Pocatello is because this was like the first community that allowed him to make him feel like himself. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, but it is. Yeah. So, so it was good, and I had to let go of that. Like, I was like, okay, well, I need to do something shit, else. Shit, what am I gonna do? Yeah. And my husband was like, well, do you want to go back to work? 
And I was like, well, that's probably a good idea since you're starting a new business. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I think by the time that I responded to Jonathan's post, I think I had been like applying to stuff for like a good month and a half. Mm -hmm. But like, there's just not a whole lot of options. It is Pocatello, Idaho. Yeah. I think I was really worried because I just felt like a lot of the other positions I was applying for were things that I just wasn't. I didn't feel like I could be excited about. Exactly. And so then I saw, I knew marketing has always just kind of been innate in me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then I applied. And And cried. Applied and cried. (laughs) I think I like applied at like 10 o'clock at night. And then Jonathan calls me at like 8 o'clock. I was like. Then the next day. Uh, Yeah, the next day. And Can you come like, in for an interview? Yeah. I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'd already scheduled all the other applicants. Well, it's because I was going out of yeah. town. Yeah, you were I was going, going to town. Hong Kong. We scheduled all the other applicants, and so we were trying to make a decision before you left. Yeah. And so yours was the last application that came in, and we'd already scheduled all the other interviews. And we're like, God, we, we, we want to interview. Like yeah. We interview. Yeah. So we're like, well, she Let's, can or she can't. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And we're lucky you did. You came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you cried. And it might have gotten you the job. I don't know. Chase, 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 Chase was like, okay, all you gotta do is not cry when you do your podcast. I'm like, why would I get sentimental? Too late, Chase. It's happened. <laughs> let's take people, let's take our listeners through a day in the life of Stephanie. Like, what do you do for Parlay? Because uh, we've had a lot of questions about this, too, uh, about what you can do in the jewelry industry and what, what's available to you. And we are a small business, so we, we function like a small business, and, and we have so many different needs. And for a lot of the time, myself or Jonathan or other people in the office, we're picking up marketing, but not doing it to the fullest of our ability because we were, we were so divided on, yeah, we were wearing too many hats. And so, I mean, okay, I'll let people tell, I'll I'll let you tell people what you do (laughs) before I go into it. (laughs) So initially when you guys brought me on board, our focus was really on social media Mm -hmm. uh, because my past work experience had me uh, the last couple of years working with a blogger Mm -hmm. and so the goal was to expand on followers on Instagram, mm-hmm. kind of increase our visibility on our social media network. So to me, like that was exciting. I knew I could do that because I had previously done it in a category I had no other experience in. Yeah. Which was in food. Yeah. And going to Joy, I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. Because like most of my friends would tell me, Oh, Stephanie, you just make things pretty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's jewelry. I we can make that pretty. Yeah. So yeah. that's just how I like came into it. Like, okay, I'm just going to make everything I can as pretty as possible. Mm-hmm. We had to teach you how to take pictures, or, like photograph jewelry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was a quiet a learning curve starting here. Yeah. I mean, with my architecture background, I had, a, um, you know, I had done Photoshop taking a photography class, but I mean, like that had been years ago. So having to just kind of like download on my past experiences and then just have to like instantly perform that, Mm -hmm. that was nerve wracking. Yeah. And 
not really knowing what my predecessor's presence was too because it's like you have to kind of determine what the expectations are and yeah. then how you're going to meet those expectations because just like you I'm competitive yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> and that's where we go yeah so that's how it initially started I'm just going to kind of do like a week over yeah because every day looks different so I manage taking our stock images mm-hmm. and working with our editors with getting those um, refined. Um, I curate our content for our Facebook and Instagram. So that's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, DMs, that's me. Yep, I do like sometimes how you respond like me and I'm like, oh, Stephanie. <laughs> But so sometimes she'll sometimes she'll ask me how she wants me she I should respond or she should respond as me. But yeah. I mean, just from like working for another uh, blogger and having to be their alias, mm-hmm. basically, you know, I had to quickly adapt to get to know the both of you. Yeah, you know, I had the opportunity where I had a friendship with my prior employer. Yeah not having ever met you guys and learning about, you know, 45 plus years. And, you know, it's like, how, how do I retell that story? Mm-hmm. I think to me, being able to genuinely tell that story in someone of your voice. Yeah. So on top of curating content, I manage putting together um, marketing material for our special events or curating ads for, um, you know, for jewelers. Jewelers. Yeah, all across the country. And everybody wants something different, which is totally cool. Yeah. Yeah, very, very independent. <clears throat> Those independent jewelers, but very independent. But it, but it is something that helps our business to being able to fulfill those needs. So there's a thing in you in life or business that you sell what you advertise, yeah. and so getting our ads into jewelry stores, yeah. they're going to sell our product more. Yeah, and you know, I think I also took on some kind of personal initiatives too because. There was such a different presence of what Parlay was. Mm-hmm. I kind of had a mind of where I wanted that to go based on kind of just our conversations. So, like, you know, this year we expanded into lifestyle shoes. Yeah, which we I had always put my foot down on because I, oh, I well, I didn't know, well, I didn't know how to organize it. Like, I had no idea. To make it look right. To make it. felt like a lot of the lifestyle shots that are out there in jewelry, there's a lot of just. Cheesy. Well, no, 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 and just a lot Jeez, of, like, a lot let's of, put on. yeah, well, either putting on way too much that it doesn't look like someone's actual lifestyle or, Photoshop. or photoshopping it in. Yeah. And that's something that I, I never have really liked is, is photoshopped in jewelry. It just never looks natural, which yeah. then I don't see that as a lifestyle shoot. Yeah. And so to get it right. And that's something that I really like is, is that the, in the lifestyle shots that you've done, they looked fairly natural. I mean, we've added maybe a little more jewelry than someone might wear, but then there's people who wear a lot more. So I yeah. think it's kind of a, a good kind of in-between. Well, and it's part of that brand building thing. So we had to sit down and say, what do we want Parlay to look like? And we sat down and, and we couldn't convey, we couldn't 
tell our consumer what the parlay woman looked like, yeah. what what she looked like, what she wore, and who she was. And you can do that a lot better with lifestyle shots. Who yeah. that person can be. Yeah. And so I think I think early on, I just told you, just from my background in the wedding world, because that's ha- really how I built my business. Yeah. I just did a bunch of uh, style shoots. Mm-hmm. Like you can have this wedding, you can have this wedding, and then you're you're projecting yourself out to the clients you want to attract. Mm-hmm. I remember going to my interview and like, why don't they have any lifestyle shoots? So it's like, I mean, that was like my undermine goal. Yeah, but but not even. I mean, we did the lifestyle shoots, but also we changed the whole vibe. Yeah, the whole vibe of our website of the story we were telling, of how we were presenting ourselves to not only our jewelers, but the end consumer. Our our product had really changed, but our... Our messaging had not. Our message had... Yeah. Our our messaging had lagged behind how much advancement we'd made with Paul and his production department, with you and your design aesthetic, and all these things had changed, but... The way we marketed and showed ourselves on the website and in our marketing materials didn't match at all. No. And so that was that was a big disconnect. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, even retailers who had known us for a long time, didn't know who we were. Yeah. And I think in the last 12 months, we've made leaps and bounds on who is Parlay. Yeah. And I think I think now we have more of a voice, which you've helped us tell that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now there's another thing that you do, which I'm gonna I, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm glaring at Jonathan. Yeah, I'm glaring at Jonathan right now because he told us to tone it down. Um, but he told us, no, word for word, you went overboard. You went overboard. So every, well, twice a year, actually now four times a year because RJO does it as well, we have a tower competition where we, it's like an opening cocktail party. They give you, well, you get a museum tower. Well, those people that aren't in the industry, we'll just back up real quick. Uh-huh. We belong to two different buying groups that are independent jewelers that belong to a buying group. One's mm-hmm. the Retail Jewelers Organization and one's IJO, which is the Independent Jewelers Organization. Yes. They hold two trade shows that are different places all the time, one in the winter, one in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a tower competition, a design tower display, display tower competition. Okay, go on. I so the first time Stephanie came in, I was like, oh, she's she's a, a wedding planner. I was like, we we've got this. And so I remember we were going to Phoenix and we thought, well, let's do Phoenix. So we were we were Phoenix or Phoenix, Phoenix I, what, you, what is a plural of Phoenix? I don't know. Phoenotions, whatever. <laughs> so she, and I am a control person and I like to win. So I think for the past, how long have I been here? I've been here since 2011. So for the past eight years, I had not relinquished control of those. So that's what, like 16 towers? Yeah. And... You know, sometimes you get a little burnout and I would, you know, there was the constant push to, to win and to do better than you did before. And I, I, well, I would not have let go to just anybody. I would not. So, so Stephanie came in and we kind of worked together, but she built 
the most beautiful phoenix. So we somehow on Amazon found red peacocks and she built maybe six foot tails to go on these two phoenix birds that we had sitting on top of our tower display. And she wove lights into them. It, It was magical. The inside of the showcase had eggs that looked like the phoenix had just hatched and she ran lights around the bottom and we had like glass things that so it made it look like embers and I remember another vendor came up to me and was like oh my gosh you guys have really outdone yourself this year and I was like oh we hired a wedding planner (laughs) (laughs) I was like well we hired a wedding planner for this I don't like to lose (laughs) but we won we did mm-hmm. win. So, but... Uh, and then the next one. We won the last one, too. Which was in Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, was, yeah. was basically Stephanie which I built. built oh, my gosh, yeah, out of plastic. bridge out of plastic. We did a steampunk was, thing. Yeah, we called steampunk it the bridge thing. to nowhere. Mm-hmm. The bridge to nowhere, and it was probably... How, how long was it? It was... Or, sorry. Six... 24, 24. Yeah. So there there again goes the architectural slash wedding planner background. So this year, Jonathan, we did we did Stephanie's review and Jonathan's like, you guys went overboard last year. And I was like, okay, we will take your thoughts into consideration. But there are no guarantees. I know, and I know that board. I know that my father-in-law Frank will also be listening to this. So <laughs> Frank, he will he will agree. So Frank, you have been heard. We're taking we're your we're, we're taking your your thoughts into consideration. Consideration. Yeah. <laughs> But I do, I, I do still like to win. Yeah. Okay. But uh, no. Anyway, so we just, yeah. I guess this was a, a good introduction of yeah. of who Stephanie is, and and now you know who. Typically, I think you're laughing in the background yeah. of a lot of yeah. our podcasts, which also makes me feel good because if I can make Stephanie laugh, I'm like, oh, I know that was that was funny. That was, that was okay. <laughs> that was okay. No, well, but, so we did the photo shoot in Portland mm-hmm. that one time, and so. I was picking up the jewelry, and she just asked me, like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm in marketing. And she's like, you're the girl. The girl. <laughs> I was like, what? You're the other person in the podcast. I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I always try to, like, be as good as I can to not say anything or not react. Yeah. And then she's like, I recognized you. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the weirdest things when you do a podcast is that people that you don't know can recognize your voice yeah, yeah. and uh i mean it, it is cool though too that that they recognize your voice that they they listen to it and yeah 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 i mean it, and it's it's rewarding that people enjoy what yeah. you do well yeah but <laughs> but if we don't do anything that scares us we don't grow so there we go thank you stephanie for all you do for editing the nonsense that comes out of our mouth and, and making us appear <laughs> like intelligent human beings. Yeah, yeah we want to wish everyone a happy holidays. And uh, This is seriously going to be the last podcast. This is the last podcast of 2019. On to bigger and better things in 2020. 2020, here we come. And I hope I'm just mortified of what we did in 2019 and 2020. There you go. It's how you grow. There you go. Thanks again. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. And... 
I'm stuck in <laughs> Maybe we should add all three of us to the end of them now. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Gem Junkies. If you want to see what we do in our real life, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Parlay Gems. Thank you, everyone. Happy New Year.